faith builders. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It is our intent and our desire that you would be edified and encouraged through the program today. Hello and welcome tonight to our Bible study series, Life, Death, and the End of the World. I want to start out today by just encouraging you and and to remind you that, that God loves you. At the end of the day, from the, the first chapter in Genesis to the last chapter in the book of Revelation, we see that God truly values humanity. He made us in his image. I read a tweet from a friend of mine, Rick Wright. Uh, the tweet was, the incarnation of Calvary was heaven's opinion on your value. And I was reminded of the scripture in Romans that says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That is a wonder to consider. That the God of heaven so loved us, John 3, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 16 says, "For uh, verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him, Jesus, is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so no matter where you are in your life, you may be under stress, you may be under uh, a a cloud of confusion, you may be discouraged, but I I want to give you, I want to start out this this Bible lesson just to state clearly and definitively that God truly cares for you. He shed his precious blood to make a way, to, to, to make a way of escape for you. He's done all that he can do to help you, and it, he's given you an invitation to step into uh, that, that covenant that he's made so that you can experience the blessings he has available for you. And so I will explore a number of issues today in this this meditation, in this study of life, death, and the end of the world. But I, I want to make sure that I begin this, that, that I, I want to impress upon you that God has made a way where you can escape the coming judgment. And it's not difficult it's not hard, but it does require your commitment to exercise your faith, your human will to, to make a covenant with God, not just in a moment, but day by day, uh, pursuing, desiring, uh, seeking to know God, to please God in your daily life, in your thoughts, your deeds, your actions. And, and make a commitment. I may fall, but I will always strive to get up and pursue the Lord day by day. 
Why? Because he loves us so much. Uh, I was reminded in that tweet that he made, it was reminded of a of, of an old song, Who Am I That a King Would Bleed and Die For? Who Am I That He uh, Would Pray Not My Will, Thine Lord? The answer I may never know Why He ever loved me so uh, it's, it's, it's a wonder. It's a wonder. It reminds me of Psalms where David says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And I, I'm thankful today, and I, I embrace this truth, and I want to impress it upon your mind deeply, that the Lord has you on his mind, and he does have a plan for you, but he's not going to do your part. You are going to have to commit yourself to seek God. And if you will, day by day, Sometimes minute by minute, in our pursuing the Lord, we will experience the very best that God has available for us. And so with that in mind, I, I, I want to begin this, this Bible lesson with this uh, scripture in Revelations 13. And I've mentioned this, and I probably will mention this because we're this is what we're facing right now. It's in the news. It's, it's right out in... The newspapers, the websites, the 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 broadcast. There is a there is an ever increasing overlay of prophecy that is becoming more and more clear. I, I actually thought of this the other day. That you know, have you ever seen those historically? There was like these uh, transparent um, maps and or or house plans or. Basically, each layer lays out, you know, it lays out the foundation and then lays out the framing and then it lays out the electrical and lays out the, the plumbing and the mechanical and, and, and it just keeps overlaying and every layer adds a deeper level of complexity to see this is what this building's going to be. And that's what we see happening in the world around us. There is there's ever increasing overlays of prophetic scriptures that one lays down and then there's another and it just becomes more and more clear more and more clear and God is speaking to us in the word of God so life death and the end of the world the first scripture i'm going to read to you tonight is from revelation chapter 13 and it reads and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that under, hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. As I've stated in previous uh, broadcast, I remember my pastor when I was at the age of twelve, maybe eleven, uh, preaching about the end times and the coming of the Lord. And uh, at that time, a new technology was a debit card. 
And it was when it was first introduced in the area where I lived, uh, my pastor told us that there would be the ability. In fact, at that time, they had just installed the first one in a bank there in the Dallas area. And you could take a card with your unique number and with your unique number, uh, a number in the card in your hand and a number in your forehead in your memory. You put that card in and it would give you cash. That was amazing technology at that time. And it just blew my mind. And I remember telling my friends that were in the neighborhood around, there is a machine that you can put a card in it. It's got a number on it. And then you put your special ID, a number that you have in your head, and you put that in there and it will give you cash. It just blew our mind. And I think that... uh that was no doubt a progression of technology that is more and more bringing us to a system that makes what the Bible prophesies of even more real, available, and uh, it just seems logical. How convenient would it be that if your ID, your money, your ability to move and work in community. You wouldn't have to worry about losing your billfold. You wouldn't have to worry about your credit cards expiring. You wouldn't have to worry about knowing uh, all the stuff, all the information uh, is readily available. And we see another layer laid on top today. Uh, Throughout the world, there is an agenda that everyone would have to have a a passport, a vaccine passport. And we've seen it all over the world. Uh, in Australia, uh, they they have set up camps to quarantine people, even people that are testing negative, uh, into these camps because they've been exposed. And there was actually a story a few months ago where some of the native people, the aboriginals, had escaped because they didn't want to be locked up. And you, they had this countrywide uh, uh, um, search for these people that had escaped incarceration and they had robbed a bank. Uh, what were they guilty of? They were guilty of being exposed to the corona. Uh, you, you've seen this uh, push uh, that you've got to have a vaccine passport to, to go in restaurants, to go in shopping centers. And, and there has been this just agenda, a lockstep, for many world leaders that they're all on the same page. They use the same logic, the same arguments. And and uh, if you do a little study, you can find there's a man by the name of Klaus Schwab, I believe it is. He is the founder, the leader of the World Economic Forum. And uh, they are all in lockstep. Now, thankfully, the world's not all there, and they don't control the media like they would. But you see the overshadowing, the foreshadowing of yet more biblical prophecy becoming, uh, you can see how it could happen. How could the whole world have to have a number to buy or sell? And here we are. Now, right now, it's about a virus. But it would be very easy for the, 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 the establishment powers that be to begin to persecute those that don't think like they do. They're, they're doing that now. They, 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 
um, there's a there's a man that's pretty famous. He has an opinion other people don't like here in America, and banks are closing their accounts. We've seen where GoFundMe has taken people's money because they have different opinions. We've seen where PayPal has has basically quit taking, uh, using, letting people use their service. Patreon. Uh, because people have the wrong thoughts, and you know now it's a lot of politics, it's a virology, it's it's uh, various things. But it would be it's it's so logical, so easy to see that in a world that is more and more becoming anti uh, Christianity, anti absolute truth, that 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 calculus could be turned, and these things they are doing for the vaccine, for the passport, for quarantine, that could become a reality for those believers who will not bend and and submit to the image that is being forced upon us. And so beware. <laughs> we are living in life, death, and the end of the world. And so, you know, sometimes we need to understand that that the end of the world happens to us all. We all, at some point, breathe our last. And I want to share this little clip. I saw it on Twitter. I thought it was just compelling. It's just a little 60-minute clip. But I, I think that it really kind of, it, it causes us all, we need to be thinking about meeting the Lord judgment day. It may not come at the blast of the trumpet from Gabriel's lips. It may come when your heart stops. Watch this. The Bible says that before his crucifixion, his disciples went with him, and they went to the garden to pray. And, and Jesus went, the Bible says he began to pray and, and become very greatly sorrowful, filled with sorrow. And he came back and he found them asleep. And he walked up to him and he woke him up. He said, hey, I'm dying here. Couldn't you pray with me for an hour? Now, if you ask some people that, they would say, ah, I couldn't. There's some people have a tough time praying five minutes. But when you realize the time that you have, listen, don't wait till you're in a hospital room. Know what time it is. Hallelujah. Know what you have. You have time right now. Right now, you've got time. You've got time in this service right now. You've got time to be baptized right now. Don't, don't wait until you're in a hospital room. And the doctor says, he's never going to wake up again. And your wife has to say, but he's never been baptized. He's never got right with God. What? Don't wait until then. You've got time right now. You've got, listen to me, you've got time on a Tuesday night. You've got an opportunity on a Tuesday night. You have your faculties. Your legs are moving. The water is here. Here is water. What doth hinder? So you just never know. You, you never know when the Lord's coming. Uh, many today throughout the recent past, there have been debates on when Jesus is coming. Is it going to be uh, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? Personally, I am voting and hoping and praying for a pre-trib. But at the end of the day, we're going to need to be ready. It's going to take just as much of God 
the Holy Spirit baptism to to get us up in a miraculous rapture or to get us through an unspeakable judgment. Whatever it's going to take, it's going to take it, and you need to be ready. Are you ready? If you're not ready, you need to get ready. And some people say, well, I, I just don't know. I'm not sure. You know, maybe I did this. You know, some people have a hope so salvation. But I want to encourage you to say that you can have a, a no-so salvation. The, the, the apostles, Jesus' hand-chosen uh, ambassadors, and he, they which Jesus would build his church upon, the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, he told them, uh, in Matthew 28 and 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I've taught you. And so how did they fulfill that? Just turn the page to the next uh, chapter in the experience of the apostles uh, and move into the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. They went from disciples to apostles there in the book of Acts and they fulfilled the Great Commission. Whether you're reading out of Matthew or you're reading out of Mark or you're reading out of Luke, if you read those last words Jesus said and you overlay Luke, Mark, and Matthew, you see all of those touchstones of the Lord's directions fulfilled there in Acts 2. When Peter preached a message to those who he says were the very ones that crucified Jesus, the Bible says they were uh, pricked in their heart, and they asked the uh, the apostles, "What what do we need to do? What must we do to be saved?" And Peter said, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." And that is something we can do and know we've done it according to the Scripture, not according to the to our denomination or our tradition or confession uh, written and determined by people that came hundreds, thousands of years after the apostles who Jesus' hand chose to build the church through their understanding, through the revelation and teaching Jesus gave them. And so if you haven't repented of your sins, to turn away, we have to do that daily. Lord, forgive me. Lord, help me. I want to do better. That's repentance. We do it daily. But we all have to have a time in that process of coming out of darkness into light where we recognize our deeds, our sins are evil, and they'll kill us. They'll take us to hell, and we, we, we forsake those things. And then we begin to pursue what pleases God. What does Jesus want me to do? How would Jesus want me to teach other people? That's a spirit of repentance. A lot of people live there. They've repented. But you've got to go, you've got to go further. The further step is that you believe in Jesus and you're baptized. Jesus said in John 3, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, can't not see or enter the kingdom of God. You want to enter the kingdom? you got to be born of the water and of the Spirit. You see throughout the preaching of the apostles uh, from Acts 2 all the way to the end of the book, there is a water and spirit component in the message that they preach and the experience their followers uh, uh, enter into. And what is that water and spirit? They're baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. And they receive a spirit baptism that is undeniable and verifiable 
because the disciples can say, that's how we receive the baptism of the Spirit. We know they have received the baptism of the Spirit because they got it just like we got it. That's a no-so salvation. That's how it happened in the Bible. That's the way it happens to me. And I can say, I got it like they got it. And if you haven't experienced, you haven't been baptized in the water and baptized in the Spirit, two different things. It's more than faith. Uh, those that have been taught that you were saved by faith alone, you have believed and been taught something that's totally extra biblical. Nowhere do you find those two words together, faith and alone, except in in modern uh, theological statements. Only one place you find those two words together, faith and alone, James, in the book of James, and it says we are not saved by faith alone. Faith uh, alone is dead. Faith without works, faith without obedience is dead because it's alone. Faith cannot save you alone. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So faith will obey. Obedience in faith is not a work. Obedience in faith is faith manifested. And so if you've not experienced uh, repentance, if you've not experienced baptism, immersion in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness, you've not experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, I want to get ready. You want to be ready? I want to be ready for life, death, and the end of the world. So so let's make our calling and election sure. For in doing that, uh, we, 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 will, we will stand when time is no more. So tonight I'm going to share with you about a 10-minute clip that was from an interview uh, with Irvin Baxter. I have gotten a lot of feedback from those who uh, responded to me that are fans and were uh, listeners and watchers of Irvin Baxter and his end time program. Uh, in my opinion, maybe not anyone else I know has had a greater effect in causing people to be more cognizant and aware of end time events in relationship to the book of Revelation and how things are uh, coming together and a greatly appreciated, admired, respected Brother Irvin Baxter. Uh, probably one of the most uh, important messages he ever shared. Uh, they actually sell this uh, DVD um, series on the End Time website. And if you have been a listener and you respect Brother Baxter, I encourage you to order from End Time uh, the salvation package. He goes through fundamental theology in relationship to the most important biblical topic in the area of New Testament salvation. And I encourage you, I will uh, put a link in this video where you can click on it and order it. You can either view it online or get the DVDs. And I encourage you to take the time to order that. So here is Brother Baxter discussing uh, Revelation chapter 6. And uh, I've considered, again, we did it years ago, uh, doing watch parties, uh, watching Brother Baxter's series on the book of Revelation. And if you'd be interested in that, uh, just uh, send me a note, uh, send a message to the page or the email or whatever 
uh, is easiest for you to contact us, we would be glad to host some watch parties here in the Jackson metro area if you're interested. I did call uh, WTWZ here in Jackson. Uh, it's um, 11.20 a.m. They still carry brother uh, end-time ministry broadcast every morning, Monday through Friday at 9.30, I believe it is. So I encourage you if you if you didn't if you haven't kept up with where it's being broadcast it is being broadcast here in the Jackson area on eleven twenty at nine thirty Monday through Friday. So enjoy this, and I would love to hear from you. Uh, God bless. Thirteen, you did mention a bit on our first segment about you grew up hearing certain preachers preach about the four uh, the four horsemen of the Revelation being Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John course we, we see no founding for that in scripture what is your view on revelation chapter 6 and the four horsemen of the apocalypse well you know pastor adam i was cut loose from the commentaries once i saw some of the big problems hmm. yeah so i just laid all that aside and opened my bible right and that became my textbook amen well i got to chapter 6 now there are three major segments of the book of revelation Seven seals, seven trumpets, seven, the seven vials, seven yeah. bowls, or yeah. seven vials. Well, most people taught that all this would happen during the final seven years, and we were <laughs> going to be raptured, so why worry about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's been the teaching. Uh, but I came to the point I didn't believe that anymore. Mm. So consequently, I begin to look at the four horsemen of the apocalypse. It says there, there's a white horse with a bow, no arrows. Mm -hmm. There's a red, a horse, red horse with a great sword and power was given to the, he that read their, rode thereon to take peace from the earth. Right. The next black. horse was a black horse and the black horse had a pair of balances in his hand. Mm -hmm. Doesn't say anything about weapons, mm -hmm. but there was a voice that said a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures for a barley right. for a penny and be careful, don't hurt the oil and the wine. And then the last horse was a pale horse, according to the King James Version. And this pale horse was given power over a fourth part of the earth. Hmm. And the rider on the pale horse was death, and hell followed with him. Hmm. Well, I'm looking at this stuff saying, where do you start to understand yeah. this? But I learned one thing in my study of Bible prophecy over the years. I learned that if you can find another account of the same prophecy, sometimes the second account will fill in the blanks hmm. and give you pieces to the puzzle that may not be in the first account. Right. Well, I found another account of the prophecy of Revelation 6, verse 1 through 8. And believe it or not, it's in Zechariah 6, 1 through 8. Okay. When you go to Zechariah, you see, again, four horses. This time they're pulling chariots. Hmm. But the colors are the same. Hmm. White, red, black. And then the last horse was called Grizzled and Bay. And the last horse was a little bit problematic. But, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you the first clue. I thought, okay, in Zechariah 6, verse 4 or 5, it says, these four horses are four spirits. Hmm. I said, okay, what could spirits be? Well, then one day, I don't know whether God prompted me or what, but I thought about the red spirit. Red China, hmm. Red Russia. Interesting. And that communism is an international spirit that doesn't stop the borders. Right. And it controls 
what people believe and controls how they live. Hmm. And the passage says that the rider of the red horse has a great sword and power was given to him to take peace from the earth. Everywhere communism goes, you have revolution. Right. Whether it's Vietnam, the Congo, Red China, the you Soviet Union. Angola. Yeah. So I thought, man, that sure looks like communism to me. Hmm. Well, then I looked at the black horse. And I thought, what could this be? Well, the counterpart to communism is capitalism. Right. And the balances, our message is trade. Yeah. You know, we don't try to make people be like us. We say you want to be like us because hmm. you will enjoy all this wealth. And then a voice said, a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, and don't hurt the oil and the wine. And first thing I thought of was Bill Clinton's bumper sticker hmm. back in 1992. It's the economy, stupid. Uh, interesting. I thought, that sounds like a stock market report. Dow Jones Industrials up so much, AT&T down so much. Hmm. Well, then I found out that the that capitalism's official color is black. Hmm. I was studying the German politics in 1966, and the Social Democrats were running against the Christian Democrats. Okay. So the Socialists were running against the Democrats, and they couldn't get a government because there was a little party called the Free Democratic People's Party that held about seven percent of the vote. And they didn't have enough on either side to put together a government. So they got tired of negotiated with this little party that was demanding too much for its contribution. Hmm. So they decided to form what was called the Grand Coalition. And Time Magazine, December of 1966, reported and said, this is a Grand Coalition between socialism and democracy, between the red and the black. Hmm. I looked at that and said, oh my goodness, not only is red the official color of communism, but black is the official color of capitalism. Interesting. Well, then I was holding a revival in Indianapolis, Indiana. I went over to the pastor's office to pray on a Sunday afternoon. And he had a few books there on his bookshelf. And I love books. And I saw one that said, uh, communism, democracy, and Catholic power. Hmm. And I looked at that. I pulled it off by Paul Blanchard, written in 1948. And in there, I started reading it. I was fascinated because it had two of my three horses in there. You know, right? And I the thought, red and black. I said, "Could Catholicism be the white horse?" Hmm, well, I come to find out that the Pope always wears white. Right. His helicopter is white. His Pope mobile is white. White. Yeah. Alitalia Airlines donates a jet airplane to him. It's white. And I thought to myself, if the Pope did have a horse, what color would it be? White. <laughs> so, and yeah. then it had a bow, but no arrows. Hmm. And it went forth, conquered to conquer. Of course, Catholicism has always wanted to rule. They right. believe it's the right to rule because they believe the Pope should be the king of the earth and all the secular empires should be subservient to the Pope. Yeah. If you read enough Catholic literature. Even through history, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I came to understand, okay, the white horse is Catholicism. The red horse is communism, the black horse is capitalism, but I got stuck on the pale horse. Mm. And I couldn't figure it out. And finally I gave up. I said, well, I'm just going to teach it like the Bible says. It. The Bible says that the right of the black horse was death. So apparently, and the hell follows. So apparently death goes through the earth and the quicker people die, the less chance they have of being saved. Hmm. The more chance they have of going to hell. So I, but it never felt right to me. 
And so it's been maybe three or four years ago, maybe five. I went back to look at it one more time. And I looked at the word that was translated pale, and it was chloros. Green? Is that? Yes. Yeah. And the chlorophyll is what makes the plants green. Right. I got my, my uh, Greek dictionary down that says green. I said, wait, why did they translate it pale? Yeah. It's a wrong translation. Yeah. Well, the reason they did is because they teach you when you're translating that your translation should make sense. Hmm. And when you're getting ready to write, I saw a green horse, the translator said, wait, there is no such thing as a green horse. Hmm, yeah. So one of the possible translations was pale green. So he chose, he chose pale and dropped the green. Hmm. But I looked up the other places in the New Testament where that word was used, the original Greek word, every single time green. Hmm, yeah. And, but the, the translator did not realize that these were not literal horses, these are spirits. Right. Then I found out something. I was reading an article one day written by Daniel Pipes, and it said, the West traditional power, the red power, communism, is now being replaced by the green power, Islam. Islam. Yeah, Islam. I looked at that, and of course, I go to Israel. I've been there 40 times. And when you go to the Temple Mount where Islam is in control, all the uh, woodwork, all the trim is green. Right. Everything is green. It connects. And it you really stand does. on top of the Mount of Olives at night and see all the mosques out there. Every one of them have green lights in the minarets. Right. All right. And that's when it's I the knew. color of Islam. That's green. when I knew that these are the four spirits that are vying for control of the hearts and minds of men. Right. Catholicism, communism, capitalism, and Islamism. Yeah, and it talks about even a four... Uh, the, the amount of people on the earth as well. And yeah, a fourth. And right now, Islam claims they control 1.8 billion population. Right. That's one-fourth. That's one-fourth. And right. furthermore, the rider was death. Islam glorifies death. It is. It's, it's a cult of death, really. Yeah, they yeah. believe that the only way you can for sure be saved is to die for the cause of Allah. Be a shaheed, a martyr, yeah, correct? Yeah, be a shaheed. So I can tell you've read some of these things. Wow. So anyway, when you put all that together... I was stunned. Yeah, it, it does. It makes it makes sense now. In hindsight, is twenty twenty, right? I'm I'm sure, as the as the apostle was writing these things, he was just seeing it. But now, it's so clear for the people of this time, these things coming true. You know, the amazing thing wow. is, this book of Revelation was written two thousand years ago, and John went to his grave without a clue what he wrote. Yeah, because it was not written for then. Yeah. It was written for right now. I'm really excited because we just released the my first commentary on the book of Revelation Wonderful. Uh, two weeks ago. And um, it's volume one. I'm doing two volumes. Anyway, I'm loving this because the book of Revelation was written for right now. Amen. And I believe that we're fortunate enough to be involved in explaining the book that was written for now. Wow. That I so enjoy uh, the ministry of Brother Baxter. It was such a sad uh, event when he passed, but he left a great legacy of knowledge and learning. And I encourage you, if you are interested in knowing more about uh, end time events, I encourage you to go to the end time store, purchase books, videos. You can buy uh, digital, digital uh, downloads so you can just view them on your computer. And uh, I'm greatly appreciative of Brother Baxter and the ministry of End Time. 
it's still being broadcast. The end time program is still being broadcast here in the Jackson area on 1120 a.m. at 9.30 Monday through Friday. If you'd be interested in attending a watch party where we watch and discuss the, the, the videos Brother Baxter taught on the various parts of the book of Revelation, we've hosted watch parties in the past, and uh, we'd consider doing that again. If you're interested in that, contact us, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. I also would like to in- extend to you an invitation to join us at Spring Ridge, our Sunday school begins at 10 o'clock. We have prayer and donuts and coffee beginning at 9.30. And then worship service starts at 10.45. We would love to have you come and worship. And we believe that if you come, you'd be blessed. The Lord would uh, quicken your faith and you'll find a group of people that love the Lord and are praying for his work to be done in the earth and uh, truly believe that the Lord... Uh, shed his blood to save the souls of all mankind. No matter what your background is, no matter what your last name is, no matter how much money you do or don't have, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, and he desires to see everyone experience that born-again miracle, that second birth. And it's our desire to see people experience that for the first time and to see people encouraged and grow in that kingdom uh, initiation and the kingdom uh, process of living for God. So God bless you. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Encourage you. Take a t- moment if you've made it this through far. This made it through this far. <laughs> Share the video. Uh, send it to your friends. Maybe there's someone that you could not teach a Bible study to because maybe they have too much time or you don't feel bold enough to do it. Maybe they'll watch this. Maybe it'll spark some interest in their soul. So God bless you. Again, I want to get put a plug in for Brother Baxter's three DVD, a three or four DVD uh, seminar. Uh, it's called The Salvation Package. It's absolutely essential understanding of what the New Testament salvation is as it is laid out plainly in Scripture. And Brother Baxter does a tremendous job of making that very plain for those that are students and want to be students of the Word of God. So God bless you. I'm sorry for not being here the past Tuesdays. Uh, We're going to run this on Thursday today. And uh, Uh, We'll be back on schedule for next Tuesday. Uh, I pray the Lord would bless you. The Lord would speak to you. The Lord would lead you, guide you. And whatever it is you need in your life, uh, Jesus is either able to help help you provide for you that what you need or give you the peace and the grace to survive this time of difficulty. His grace is sufficient for you. God bless you.
faith builders. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It is our intent and our desire that you would be edified and encouraged through the program today.